This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. go, go. This is what I got to say. All right, welcome back to another amazing episode or a stupendous episode of the Authentic Entrepreneurs. I'm Stu Saunders. I'm Nick Foley. You kind of forgot for a second who well, you Well, I was just going to say, I'm here. You are here. Hey, and when's the first time you listened to that song? This song? The Fortunate Son by Creedence, Creedence Clearwater Revival or CCR. Yeah. Uh, I would have, I would say probably in the 1980s. Mine was Forrest Gump, 1994. And this was in his, or in the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Yeah. And I listened, my mom, my mom bought me the CD for Christmas and Creedence Clearwater Revival. CCR. CCR was playing on repeat. Um, I was a DJ at an all oldies radio station. <laughs> DJ? At an all oldies radio yeah, station. Yeah, I was an on air personality. How long did that last for? I was in there for about a year and a bit. What happened? How'd you get off the, the I got fired. Anyway, Why? Um, long story. So, um, he swore. CCR for was sure. uh, the name of the band. And we are fortunate today because we have one of our favorites on the show today, oh. uh, Miss Neen James. Neen James is a absolute legend in her own right. She really, she really is, and she's also like a just, um, I don't know how to say it, but she's just like a, an incredibly, wonderfully, she's incredible. That's it. Well, she's just easy to talk to, right? She's so knowledgeable. She's got an amazing, welcoming personality, right? She just, she just like exudes personality, and I mean, you, anybody that meets Neen and wants to be, uh, anyone that meets Neen and is not drawn to her personality... They don't have a soul. They don't. You know, she always <laughs> says that she gives the best Aussie hugs, which she does. And we were excited this year to have her at um, Epic. at Epic 2019 in Vancouver, BC. And uh, if you watch and listen to the episode, you'll find out that we're having her back in 2020 in Toronto in May of 2020 at the Epic uh, number two. The yeah, second. she does a deep dive uh, into some new topics for 2020. So if you're listening and you want to go, you will not be hearing the same one. That's for sure. Yeah, and if you don't know who Neen is, she is an incredible author of the best-selling book, Attention Pays. She has an MBA. Um, she is one of the most talented speakers I've ever heard, learning about attention, how to get attention, how to give attention. And um, leadership she's a expert. Yeah, she's a, she's a powerhouse. Absolutely. There's, uh, you know what? Full stop. End of sentence, as Scott Stratton would say. Full stop. Full stop. So uh, without further ado, please enjoy our wide-ranging, entertaining, humorous, and I think definitely some positive, amazing, solid takeaways, some tangible stuff uh, with the wonderful and stupendous... Talented Neen James. Neen James. Here she is. Well, as we said, we are so pumped today to have Neen with us, Neen James, um, who is my Aussie... Uh, wonderful human being. I love you. I love you, Neen. Um, and uh, and Nick and I, we're just both so excited to have you on the show. Yeah, I mean, it was it was such an honor to have uh, to meet you at Epic, Neen. And and I, I know I can speak for Stu and and Kara and and you know all, all everybody that was involved in Epic and say it was just. I mean, you were in and 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 out in twenty four hours. But it was so great to just be in your presence. I mean, I know you're a busy woman, but um, I I talked. I, I talked kind of probably at nauseum um, at the time that we had breakfast together, and I was just like, she's just so like welcoming, and was just asking so many in great, amazing questions. You know, people ask questions, and you're just like, uh, thanks for like you know Small filling talk. the air. Yeah, but you were at. I was like, she was so inquisitive, and 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 so I, we we are grateful for your uh, for your time here today. So thank you. It was my privilege. What an amazing community that you've gathered together mm -hmm. to serve, and the energy in that room was 
was out of this world. I've never seen a speak up line out in, you know, the 15 plus years that I've been doing this kind of work. I have never seen a lineup like you were able to put together. Corporations would kill for that kind of lineup and your community got to experience it, not just to experience what people wanted to share, but I feel like all the speakers who were there, myself included, also had the benefit of learning from the people in the room. Right. And so you created this unique environment. I can't wait to see what 2020 looks like. I know you've been slowly sharing some of the amazing people that are sharing their expertise next year. And I just want to say congratulations. But Nick, what was really cool about meeting you was sometimes you have um, these interactions with people online, and then when you get to meet them in real life, it's like even better. And yeah. that was definitely my experience with you. Oh, that's very kind. Do what you. you've created and what Cara and Mikey and everyone did. I mean, congratulations. It Thank you. It is phenomenal. We've been running events for, uh, I've been running events for 30 years, and I run them for thousands of, some of our events have two and a half thousand people at them. Um, that only had 50 people at it, but I think it was uh, one of the most rewarding four days I've ever experienced. So thank you for being part of it and, and being part of the legacy, I hope, that is epic. So thank you. It was my privilege. I think, too, with entrepreneurs, that you had so many great entrepreneurs in the room, entrepreneurial journeys can be so lonely, right? Yes. We're out there doing crazy things. We probably think we're crazy. I know I do half the time. And then when you get to share and listen to others and hear best practice of what they're doing, or you get another entrepreneur to look at a situation with a different set of eyes, with a fresh perspective, when you get their attention on something that maybe you're grappling with or maybe a great idea that you think is amazing and then they're able to share with you some things you haven't considered, that was another side benefit, I think, of some of the people that were in the room. They had this lovely benefit of people who had big businesses and people who had small businesses, and getting perspective was phenomenal. And I think as entrepreneurs, we need to pay attention to who's around us and who we allow to speak into our business and into our life to make us even better at what we do. 100%. Um, I want to go back a little bit, Neen, for those who don't know you. I mean, we did a bit of an intro there of your bio and stuff at the beginning, but I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about, I mean, Neen, if you haven't recognized it yet, I mentioned it, but Neen's from Australia, um, <laughs> currently living in the beautiful state of Florida. Um, yes, I that, just moved here. Just moved here, yeah. And uh, is that you are right now? You're in Florida? Pardon? You're in Florida right now? I am, I am. So I'm coming to you from my new little home office. So at the time of recording, we have literally just moved in. Yeah, and I recognize that bookshelf in the background because you talked about what books are on your shelf. You talked about that the other day. Um, yeah, and I had hundreds of books too. And like so many people, I have a relationship with books. Me too. Like I feel like they're like trophies of maybe how smart I thought I was, <laughs> or they're like things that remind me of particular events I was at, or they were like friends' books, and you you buy it because you want to support them. I literally had hundreds of books, including hundreds I hadn't read. And then before we moved, I just set them free in the world. Like I literally gave away hundreds of books and. The ones I kept really mean something to me. And so that's what's left after a crazy, crazy purge of all the brilliance that people had written so other people get to benefit instead of just sitting sad on my bookshelf. Well, I love that. I love that idea of setting them free and letting other people, you know, hopefully learn from them and, and, and grow. How, how did you, let's go back. I have, I have friends who are Australian. We had friends, we had people at Epic who were from Australia. Um, fantastic. Which is great. They're so much fun. Yeah. And how did, I want to go way back to, to Neen in high school, uh, into your secondary school career of life, what did you, what was it you wanted to do, Neen? What was what was Neen's dream at fourteen years of age? You know, when I was little, I thought I when I was in uh, what 
we call primary school in Australia, so when you're really little, I wanted to be a teacher. And so I wanted to be a teacher, wanted to be a teacher. And then I decided I didn't want to be a teacher. And then I decided I'm going to be, then I was going to be a lawyer. That's the other thing. Then I thought I was going to be a lawyer. So remember, I'm like probably under 10 at this age. And then I decided, nope, I'm going to be an architect. I was the only girl who did technical drawing at school. And so back then, it was very traditional. Like, I'm obviously a little old lady. But way back then, it was the girls did what they called home economics, which is cooking and sewing. And I cannot do either of those things. And then the boys did technical drawing and manual arts, which was like woodwork and all that kind of hands-on stuff. So I said to my teacher, I want to do technical drawing. And they said, well, girls don't do that at this school. I said, well, this girl will. And I don't cook. And I'm not doing that home economics because anything I would bring home from those classes was a disaster. And so I really did think I wanted to be an architect. And so I had spent a couple of weeks in a summer working at an architectural firm and I loved it. But I realized I didn't have the precision that is required for such a gifted career. And so for me, um, I was like, well, then what do I do? Then I decided I was going to be a journalist. And so I thought that would be an amazing thing to do. And then when I was at the final year of high school, Stu, I didn't get the score that I needed to get into the program, which was journalism. And I was devastated. I thought my whole little world was going to come crumbling around me because I was 20 points short. And in Australia, that's significant enough for you not to get into. It was a very um, difficult course to get into, but I didn't quite know what to do next. I had got accepted to a lot of different university courses because it works differently in Oz than it does here. Uh, but then I just deferred them all, took a year and uh, went into banking. And so I literally went into banking. My very first job, the only thing I was allowed to do was count coin manually. So I would count coin and put it in a bag because the bank that I worked for was too cheap to buy it already bagged. And so that's kind of how I started my career was a little bank teller. Um, actually, no, it took me a while to become a bank teller. That's like where I aspired to be because I was only allowed in the back of the office. Wasn't allowed to talk to anyone, just counting coin, counting coin. Very unglamorous. But that's where I started. My corporate career was in banking. Can I ask you a question? How old were you when you became a bank teller finally? So when you first, when you finish high school in Australia, you're 18. So I would have been, gosh, 18 years old. 18 years old. Counting coin by hand. So glamorous. And I learned to roll coins. So you know when you go to like some places they give you like a roll of coin and it's wrapped in paper? Well, I learned how to do that. And then my boss, who was not a pleasant person, would come by and take the whole tray that I had rolled thinking I was like all that, like I was so fancy, I'd done this great job. And he would do what he called the drop test. And he would drop the whole tray on the floor to see which ones burst open. No, he didn't. Oh yeah, he did. This is the glamorous start to my career. But I was in banking for nine years and I absolutely loved it. So it was one of the coolest things that I did, but that's where I started. And then you got into the oil industry, didn't you? Oh yeah, and so I went from banking across to oil. So I was in, um, in Australia, there's an organization called Caltex, which is owned by Texaco in the US. And I was recruited across And I used to run, uh, when I was leaving banking, I was responsible for all of the branch network sales training. And so I had really had this passion for learning and development and speaking and teaching people. So ultimately, I guess I became a teacher just in a very different way than I thought maybe when I was a little girl. And then um, the oil industry approached me about being part of an initiative to help change 
sort of these gas stations from a place where you would buy like a can of Coke and a chocolate bar to a full-blown convenience store, very similar to what we have in America. And so I was part of the team who helped do that, which was really, really cool. I had that time in my life. The oil industry was one of my most favorite jobs I've ever had. So, so I'm interested in like as you you know you go through your you know your different jobs and things like that. I know you have an MBA and and you know you're you're a leadership expert. And I, I will say you are a teacher. I, I mean, I, I I come from a teaching background. I taught for you know for six long years, big lustrous career. I know, but after watching all the amazing presenters at Epic and I and I watched you and I was just like I was just blown away by the way that you you know got everybody involved and and what you taught us so I mean I always say I'm like I'm a teacher now as a presenter myself I, I know I'm a teacher but I teach in a different capacity and you certainly you certainly are are a teacher but I'm curious as a as an entrepreneur and with your you know with your expertise as a leadership you know I dare to say and I know you don't this is not your turn but I dare to say a leadership guru like what matters the most for entrepreneurs, do you think, what you've seen in your work for, you know, both professional and, and personal parts of life? You know, I'm always going to come back to the fact that I think it's about your attention. And so one of the things I had shared with the Epic community is that, you know, there's this whole concept out there that you can manage time, which is crazy because you can't manage time. Time's going to happen whether you like it or not. And as an entrepreneur, we don't have any more time than someone who runs a big corporation, right? Or a profit or a non-profit company. Every entrepreneur gets the same amount of time. You get the same amount that I do, Nick. Yeah. But the challenge is, so if we can't manage time, what can we manage? And I believe we need to manage our attention. And what I've learned over the years, whether it was my corporate career or having my own company for the past 15 years as a speaker, is that we really need to manage our attention. We can't manage time, but we can manage our attention. We can choose who we focus on, what we focus on, and how we pay attention in the world. And the entrepreneurs that I think are super, super successful are the ones that have the ability to pay attention to what's happening at a global level, to look at trends and awareness and what's happening for their clientele. But they also have attention to look at a local level to see how can they best serve an audience member that they love. And so when you think about that comparison as an entrepreneur, you've got to be able to split your attention at a very big level to see what's happening around in the industries you're choosing or the clients' industries that you're serving in. But you've also got to be able to look at a very detailed level to say, well, how, do, how does what I do serve this particular person? And the entrepreneurs who are most successful in my world have the ability to split their attention between both. But they focus in very much on what they need to say yes to and what they need to say no to. And I think that's a key for an entrepreneur. I love that. And so speaking to like your, your attention, so do you have any like implementable like strategies that, that you know, you could share with our audience on how to avoid distraction then? Because I feel like I could be very intentional. Like I wake up and I'm like, my intention is this and I, my attention is going towards that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I want to kind of, exactly, yeah, exactly. These darn things. Right. But so are there implementable strategies that you can, we can have to, you know, speaking to what you just said, which is great that we can do to use to avoid those kind of distractions? I think what you've got to understand is what is the source of your distraction. So for some people, it might be technology. And technology is not the enemy of our attention. We are. Like, we fully choose when we pick this up. We choose putting it beside our bed. We choose looking at it all the time instead of looking at a human. So technology is not the enemy of our attention. It is a distraction for sure, but it's also a very powerful tool. One very easy strategy that I encourage all of my CEOs to work on, as well as every person that I have in my audiences around the globe is this. Every day as an entrepreneur, 
just invest 15 minutes in a strategic appointment with yourself. In that 15 minutes, what I would like you to identify is your top three not negotiable activities. So before your head hits the pillow tonight, what's three things you absolutely must get done? Now here's why this is so powerful, Nick, and Stu, I think students would benefit from doing this, heads of corporation would benefit from doing this, and here's why. Because what it does is in this 15 minute appointment with yourself, you're identifying what activities will move you closer to your goals and they become your not negotiables. Now, sometimes that's a combination of personal and professional. And so every single day, I have a pretty advanced system for managing this. I will admit, people may want to write this down. <laughs> Take note. If I had it, I would show you. I Take literally note. write them on a post-it note. I mean, it's that fancy. Because here's what's happened. I have tried every app, planner, system, digital, analog, you name it. I've tried it and what I've realized is the one I stick with is a little old post-it note. So every day I make an agreement with myself and I write at the top of my post-it note, today I will. And then I write my three things. Before I leave my office or before I go to bed, it is my job to cross those things off. Which also means, Nick, I have to be really diligent on what goes on the list. And I have to make sure that I am putting things on there that are going to advance my particular practice the things that are really important to me. So while I can't prescribe what entrepreneurs need to put on their list, I would encourage it's probably some form of uh, business development. It's probably some form of advancing some strategic initiatives you already have in your strategic plan. It might be advancing some relationships that you're working on. That's the kind of thing that I would make sure that you are focused on as an entrepreneur. Love that. Now, my question for you is, do, you, do these post-it notes, do you keep them or as a no? A, no. I get so excited when I can like cross them up and then screw them up and then throw them in the rubbish bin. I love throwing them away. It means, it means victory, free. right? It's freeing. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you get two of three done, does the third one go on the next day's list? If you don't, uh, some days it does. And I yeah. hate that. But if it was important enough to get on the list, it's important enough to pay attention to. Now, right. here's what's interesting. I think what happens is, and I bet some of our listeners, I bet they they do this, right? So we write all these things on a to-do list and we have great intention. We're like, we're gonna get this done. And then we don't get them done. So then we put them on a new list and then we transfer them. Or yes. maybe if people are using the electronic to-do list, they keep saying, well, remind me again, remind me again, remind me again. And the problem with that is this, the brain craves completion, right? So our brains have this amazing chemistry where every time you ask your brain to do something, it's like switching on a new tab on your computer. And so for people who are listening along, they might have a lot of tabs open on their computer, yeah. right? We often do. And so my friend Scott Halford wrote a great book called Activate Your Brain. And in the book, he talks about the fact that every time we make this request of our brain, this open tab that's happening, our brain craves completion. So every time you cross something off a to-do list, your brain gets so excited and it senses, oh my gosh, she just got that done. That's amazing. Gives you a little happy drive, a little shove of dopamine. It's like, woohoo, yay, high five from your brain. And so every time we write things on a to-do list and we cross them off, your brain gets super excited. So what I want people to think about is the act of writing something down is as powerful, not just thinking about what you want to do on your to-do list, but the act of writing it down, the science to support that this is a great use of your attention. So for people who are listening who just want to feel like they can get more done, start with a 15-minute appointment with yourself. Identify your top three not negotiable activities that will advance your goals. Write them on a post-it note. Make a commitment to yourself. Today, I will. And then get them done. Do you, and here's what's so cool about this. 
it creates momentum, right? Momentum creates momentum because the more that you get this sense of satisfaction, you're then going to be less likely to waste your time on social media or watching cat videos on Instagram, whatever you like doing. And uh, you'll be more inclined to get those goals done. Sometimes the other thing that happens is when you write something on a to-do list, it takes you much less time than you thought it would. So then you've got more time to do something else. So if anyone is procrastinating on something, I would encourage you to bump that up to the top of that post note so that's the first thing you get done and then you'll feel great about finalizing it and your brain doesn't have to keep remembering to tell you about it now i'm really old neen so when i started my company 30 years ago um i used to do all of my marketing through mail like standard <laughs> old snail mail i would do faxes we would fax a thousand clients we would uh create our own flyers and trifold them and put them out in the world what do you think what do you think the biggest challenge is right now? I've lost now? sound with you guys. I don't know where it's gone. I don't know what that is. That's not from us. Mike, can you just repeat that for me, Stu? I've just lost the sound. Can you hear me now? Yes. Um, what do you think with all this technology and distraction, what do you think the biggest challenge is right now for entrepreneurs in paying attention? Sorry, my face is screwing up because it's just cutting in and out. I don't know if that's my end or your end. My apologies to anyone who's listening to this. It's definitely your end. We're going to pause for a second. So, Neen, having said that with your uh, kind of your three things you have to get done and post-it notes and in 2019, there's a lot of distraction right now for young people with the phones and with the computers and with social media. What do you think the biggest roadblock is right now for young entrepreneurs starting out in the business world or young executives what is it i think it's that they haven't developed the strongest communication skills yet see one of the benefits of being an old lady is i may sound like i'm five to those of you who are listening on but if you add a zero you're getting much closer to how old i am i've had the benefit of years of conversations of emails of presentations of networking events of screwing things up and making mistakes and so i've been able to enhance my communication by reading great books people like phil jones exactly what to say you know there's so many great resources out there and i think as young entrepreneurs one of the challenges that happens is that we don't always know what we don't always know. And so what happens is we're communicating in situations thinking that it's the best thing to say or the best thing to do, and yet maybe there's a more enhanced way to do it. So one thing I would suggest young entrepreneurs do is pay attention to the way that they're communicating. Things, and communication to me is more than the words you speak. It's the executive presence. So when you walk into a room, how do you enter? Do you do it with confidence? It's the way you sit at a table. It's the way that you respond to a press inquiry. It's the way you answer an email. It's the, the speediness of which you answer text messages. It is often how you hold yourself in a meeting when you're dealing with people who are younger than you and people that are older than you, people that are in service. These are all things that I'm observing. And so as an entrepreneur, one thing that I think you'll get a huge return on your investment is when you start to focus your attention in how can you be even stronger in your communication skills? 
How can you become top of mind for people so that when they think of you, it's aligned with great thoughts, people thinking, hey, that's someone I want to do business with. And so as entrepreneurs, I think the more that we develop our communication skills, because that's what it's about at the end of the day. I know I talk an enormous amount about attention, but attention is really just about connection. And if we truly want to connect with who matters and what matters, we need the ability to communicate with the people who are important to us and the projects that are important to us so we can truly make a difference in the world. One of the things you talked about at Epic was scheduling time for gratitude. Um, and you're so good at that. A lot of young people dismiss that idea of handwriting notes to people and being authentic like that. Why do you think it's so important? Because I think that what it showcases, if you take the time to write someone a love note or whatever, however you want to call it, I call it a love note, but a handwritten note says, I cared enough about you to take time out of my day in order to say, hey, thank you for your help. Thank you for what you did. Hey, I see you. You're really important to me. My belief is this, Stu, that everyone on this planet wants to be seen and heard. And my responsibility is to say to them, I see you and I heard what you said and I really appreciated it. A handwritten note stands out and here's why. Most executives that I work with, they get over 200 emails in their inbox every day. And when you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a young entrepreneur or an old entrepreneur, chances are, you think your email is going to get their attention. It's not, right? You are one of 200 people. Now, the best book I've ever read on how to get people's attention in the digital world is a great book by Erin Gargan called Digital Persuasion. She'd be a great guest for your show. You guys would love her. And she is a phenomenal, adorable, dear friend. She also, she and I share very similar philosophies when it comes to attention. But one thing that I think is really cool about what Erin says is she says you only have 10 words or less to get someone's attention. So when I think of handwritten notes, it's my stationery appearing in someone's mailbox. Amongst all of the bills and all the yucky mail they get, this is one little tiny piece of joy that says, hey, I really appreciate you or thank you for what you did. Now here's the trick with handwritten notes. I carry stamp stationery everywhere. I have global stamps on it, I have American stamps, and I have a pen, and I have stamp stationery with me every time I go anywhere. It's always in my luggage, it's in my handbag, it's in my car, because I always feel like there's an opportunity to write a note. Yesterday I went and met a new orthopedic surgeon. The thing that was really impressive about the whole crazy town that is Florida orthopedics, I mean, that's the business to be in, um, is his <laughs> assistant, Elizabeth, was delightful. Now, I don't even know what her last name is, but I still wrote her a note and sent it in the mail today and just said, I thought you were like the coolest chick ever. And she made me feel so comfortable. I'm new to the area. It's so easy to make someone's day. And the same, I spend a lot of time in hotels like you both do. And so I always write a thank you note to the people who are so kind in helping take care of my room. And so I always make sure that obviously I leave a generous tip because I'm in America and because I believe in that. But also I always write a little love note as well. And because I stay, some properties I stay at multiple times, some properties I'm staying multiple days, it just gives me an opportunity to connect with them a little bit deeper. Security guards that let me in, I'll write them a love note. Every time I am with an AV team member, which is like a lot of times in a week, I always write them a little love note and then leave them a little Starbucks gift voucher to say, hey, thanks for making me sound so great today. And this is just systems of attention. I call it systemized thoughtfulness. That's what it what is. What you can do is be thoughtful as long as you make time in time. It's called systemized thoughtfulness. So once again, entrepreneurs listening, it's called systemized thoughtfulness. And having received, I think, six or seven notes from you, 
in the last year and a half, Neen, and I'm obsessed with notes as well, I can't tell you how much it means to me. It's amazing. <laughs> See, I think as entrepreneurs, we're always looking for ways to stand out. And it's so inexpensive, right? It doesn't even have to be fancy stationery. I like my stationery because it's shiny and pretty, but it's literally the cost of a stamp. And what I would encourage people to do is go and buy colored envelopes because your colored envelope will stand out in people's white mail. And what's the first thing people see when they get their mail? Bills. So don't put it in a white envelope, put it in a colored envelope, and then it's a little bit more personality too. And I think that really, um, I think what you do well, Neen, and people could learn from, is you don't just send the one note. I said, I've seen, you You sent me six notes. So. Yeah. But I think you. too, Stu, I think it's about, it has to be very genuine. It it's has genuine. to be very appropriate, right? So, and I also like it to be timely. So entrepreneurs sometimes ask me, well, is it too late to send a thank you note? It's never too late to send a thank you note, right? But one thing that I learned from a dear friend, she got advice, she's an older lady, she got advice from her mother once, and her mother said that if you receive a gift from someone, you're not allowed to consume it or you know, enjoy it until you've written a note for it. And mm. I love this philosophy, right? Because we get so many lovely gifts and people give us the gift of their time, they give us actual gifts. And so it's been another policy of mine that if someone is kind enough to give me something, I make sure that I write a note. If I am not in a position to write a note very frequently, I'll grab my cell phone and I'll shoot a little, I'll shoot like a little thank you video and then I'll text it to them. So friends who have generously given me beautiful champagne or sent me flowers or whatever it is, right? I will always make sure that they know straight away that I got their generosity and then I send them a gift. One of my clients was in Australia and she brought back all my favorite chocolates and then shipped them to me this week. So I got this care parcel of all my favorites and that's amazing because she didn't need to ship those. Like she bought them with her from Australia. That's crazy and so generous. And so obviously I made sure that I said thank you. What's the one thing you would go back and tell yourself as a 14 year old now? is a great question. I would, I would probably say just keep going. You know, I was so happy as a teenager. I was fortunate. I fell in love when I was like, I met my darling when I was like 13 years old. So I've been married literally my entire life. Um, <laughs> next month, we will celebrate being married 30 years. Now there are people listening to this podcast who are not even 30 years old. So imagine I've been married <laughs> longer than they've even been alive. And so I was very fortunate. I loved being a teenager. And teenage years are tough. I know you really have such a big heart and a passion for young, uh, young people. And there's some real challenges with that. I was so fortunate, but I knew very early that I loved being on stage. I knew very early I loved people. I knew very early that if you could communicate with people confidently, that you would get ahead. So I would say just keep going, just doing what you're doing. You know, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up this week. We want to be cognizant of your time. Uh, you were such a star last year at Epic, and I know you're gonna be invited back for or you're invited back for 2020. So I'm just curious, can you share with our listeners like what you're gonna share for Epic 2020 this year in May, or next year in May? It's, you know, for people, I heard that like 
many people that were at Epic in 2019 decided to come back for 2020. I've never heard of that happening at a conference, so congratulations. And so one of the conversations that we were having was in relation to how do we evolve the work we did. I had the privilege of bringing Pete onto the stage, and I did what we called an attention matrix with him, which is a really cool way to grab and keep someone's attention when you're in either a sales conversation or maybe you are doing a speech or maybe you're creating marketing materials or maybe you're doing social media blogs or whatever. So it was amazing to watch how cool we could make Pete look even cooler than he already is using this tool. So I was thinking, how do we evolve that? One of the things that I'm known for is the ability to help people sort their intellectual property into contextual models. Now, what that really means in the easiest, if I was telling like maybe my little niece what that means, I would say to her, it's taking all the stuff out of your brain and helping share it in visual models for the world. And so the people that attend Epic have phenomenal intellectual property. They have great processes and procedures and products. And in order for them to get attention for those things, what I would love to challenge them to do is to create a contextual model. And the model is a snapshot, is a brilliant way to help people see your ideas. So let's think of people like the late Stephen Covey. He had a great model for first things first, urgent versus the important. Yep. If you look at the food pyramid in history, as here's the food groups we want you to eat. Now, whether you believe in that or not is irrelevant, but the idea that a triangle very quickly grabs someone's attention tells us. Simon Sinek did a TEDx talk, and Simon literally just had a flip chart, and he drew yep. three circles, and yet these circles, the golden circles, became legendary, and start with why became a movement. So I want to share with people what I call idea shaping. How do you get the world to see your idea so they can hear your idea? Once they hear their idea, they can then share their idea. So that's why I'd love to be able to elevate our conversations and build on what we started in 2019, take it to a completely different level in 2020. I'll be sitting front row. I know that. So you won't. Yeah. You, don't get, <laughs> you, don't, you don't get front row, Nick. That's a good point. I'll probably be sitting in the back, but I'll be, my attention will be all on you. That's for sure. So <laughs> as it was this year. How do, uh, how do people get a hold of you? What are all your, what's your, what's your, what, how do you get a hold of you? For those how, who, do I, what, sorry? how do people get a hold of you? How do they uh, connect with you? Oh, the great thing for everybody, myself included, is there's only one me and James. So if you Google me, you'll find me. If you really want to see what I'm up to, follow my adventures on Instagram. That's my favorite platform to play on. But you can email me directly. My email is just my name, neanatneanjames.com. On Twitter, I'm at neanjames. On Facebook, you name it. There's only one me and James. It makes it nice and easy. That is a true statement. There is only one <laughs> me and James. Thank you, Neen, for being at Epic this year. Thank you for being a supporter of what we're doing. Uh, thank you for just being you. Thank you. And, and thank uh, you for the work you do in the world. It's such a privilege to be part of the movement that you've created. And I love that you guys are sharing these great messages out with some phenomenal people. 2020 is going to be even bigger than what so. you created this year, and I can't wait to be part of it. Um, will we see you in September? In... September. September yeah. Yes, great. For those who don't know, it's okay. It's just for Nina and I and Nick to know. We'll see you in September. <laughs> we'll see you in September. And uh, thanks for being part of the Authentic Entrepreneurs with us today. Absolute privilege. Thanks, guys. Bye, Nina. All right. So uh, I would, I think you would agree, Nick, that that was um, just an epic uh, to you know to not use that word over too much, but an epic conversation with Nina James. 
Well, she's a well. Needs a, a wealth of knowledge, like and like we've talked about before the uh, before the episode started. She has an amazing, uh, amazing strategies, implementable strategies to avoid uh, you know distractions. And she talks about the importance of you know putting your attention to where it needs to belong. And I think that practical approach of of uh, I will achieve or today I will. Yeah, her the, three things. Yeah, her three things notes. with the post-it notes. I think that's that's just fantastic cool. advice, and especially with today with technology and and always you know using apps and things like that. Like just the old post-it note, right? Write it down. Today I will. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. If you do Simple. anything today in 24 hours, you do these three things. And then she said, it's is it going to be platform? Is it going to be business? Going to be strategy? Whatever the case may be, you know, get these three things done, and you're going to move yourself forward. I think it's gold. Yeah, I also like her her idea the 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 hour that the the Gary, what's it called the hour she did for focused um, intentional, intentional yeah. thoughtfulness, thoughtfulness. Yeah. Um, I love that idea of, of, of carving that time out for yeah. you so Neen we love you and, and if you're watching you. this and we're grateful we're grateful and uh, we're excited she's part of Epic 2020 yeah uh, returning, bringing her back uh, returning uh, first re- faculty yeah first uh, first returning faculty we've had in the show yeah so um, yeah with that thank you Neen Thanks, Dean. And if you don't know what the Epic Community is, go check out theepiccommunity.com. I'm Stu Saunders. I am Nick Foley. And thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and be part of. I'm just, the music's going here. The Authentic Entrepreneurs. You can subscribe and like us on everywhere that podcasts are born and living. Yeah, you can watch us on YouTube and see the uh, the beauty that is... Uh, this jacket. That, that jacket. All right, till next time, keep being authentic. Good night, everybody. Good day. Goodbye. Good morning. <laughs>